0: what up nerds it's that time again for another episode of no country for pulp culture i'm your host rico and joined with me is my co-host liz how you doing liz i'm great all right so today if you saw the cover we are going to do a non-spoiler review of scary stories to tell in the dark Uh, we saw that a couple of hours ago and we're just going to give you our initial response review uh Again, without giving anything major away. All right, so let's start off. Um, is this scary? Liz?
1: Um, definitely in parts. I'm easily scared. I don't like scary movies. I don't like horror movies at all. Um, so there are definitely parts that were intense where they did a good job of um, building up the suspense of what was going to happen. And there were some definite creepy parts. But overall i'm very easily scared and i would tell i would tell people to not be afraid of it to go see it even if they're easily scared what do you mm-hmm. think you're you're a little more adventurous than i am
0: i am and uh, uh i say that i really enjoyed the film i it's very hard to get good scary movies and to the point where i really go out in the theaters and go see them you have those big giant you know warner brother productions of like uh uh, Annabelle, and The Conjuring, those big blockbuster uh, budgets, uh, where they do a, a lot of the sounds and jump scares that, you know, a lot of people get tired of, and, you know, might want to here, but what I really liked about this one, which I really like about a lot of horror stories, if I'm allowed to get lost in it, you know, you, know, you can come into a movie and say, I'm not scared, and... You can sit there and not be scared of anything and walk out and complain how it wasn't scary at all. But I think it has good writing and good characters that you want to invest in, and that's what they did here. Uh, I allowed myself to get lost in that world, and there's some tense moments, you know, when I was like, <laughs> oh my gosh, oh my gosh. Yeah, it, was, it was a good, uh, scary fun. I will preface this again, um, and we talked about, um, you know, the rating is PG-13, and, you know, when you, when you have that rating, you open the door for more and more of age demographics coming in so this one I would say definitely is not for children if they're not 13 I would not recommend you know you taking your child to see that it's not like Goosebumps Goosebumps it's good in its own right but it was a scary movie for kids and this is a scary movie for adults that's based on kids if that makes sense.
1: It does Mm -hmm. and it's based on a book from like our childhood so it's it's geared more towards us
0: yeah, and, you know, you said that is uh, who Do you remember who wrote the book, or... Did you hear about the book when you were younger?
1: I avoided the book like the plague. Hmm. I remember even being afraid of the cover. Um, and then, uh, I'm a teacher, and I remember getting it and putting it in my classroom just to see which kids would read it hmm. and making taking notes of that. But, no, I've never read it. I've been too scared to. Now that I've seen the movie, um, I'd be interested to go back to read it to see how close they stuck to the book. Um and which stories they picked, because I know there were several books in the series, and they chose from the different books in the series. Um, so I'd be curious to see wh- which ones they picked and which ones they left out.
0: Yeah, and, uh, and when I heard about this movie going into the summer also, I'm a school teacher also, and I thought about getting the book and to read the children, and I went on you know, Google and found some stories, and one in particular, uh, um, The Big Toe, and just how short the story was. So I was very interested in how they could add more to the lore and on on a visual screen and so that's what they did and reminded me of like the creepypasta stories where you can they give you just enough i guess this hopefully some good creepypasta stories they give you the the structure foundation the spine where you can flesh it out and i was well satisfied with that as well uh so again we're not going to go into too many things but um we don't talk about the the visuals and uh production and effects and some notes are wrote down, so, you know, I'll start off, and if you want to add something to it also. I really, um in this day and age, we're so savvy, and I really don't like... What I love about horror movies, if it's done right, is that it's, and it's, the reason why it's easier to make, because you don't really have to have that if done right, you don't have to have that much special effects. The more special effects you add into it, it gets me out of it, and I really like the practical effects.
1: Definitely. Um before seeing the movie you had shown me Troy James who's one of the actors in the movie um and he uh, did the body acting for one of the actors I don't even know that I want to say the character's name in case that's a spoiler for people not wanting to know which characters are going to be in the movie um but he does the body acting for that which was phenomenal it it was mind-blowing just to watch him do that on um what was that show the x Factor or America's got talent there you go America's got talent just watching him do that in his regular clothes and then to see him dressed up as a monster doing it that was just amazing um that blew me away. um I was able to watch that because I was more interested in how his body was moving, and I wasn't as scared of him because i wanted to I wanted to watch and see more of the physicality um, that was really cool,
0: yeah, and that's like giving too much weight and and Watching that, I was afraid. Oh, maybe we got spoiled or whatever. It wouldn't be impressed. But knowing that it was a real person in the bodysuit making those motions, um, I'm glad we did see that. Because if we would have gone in without knowing it was a, a person in the suit, we would think it's just CGI. Yeah, you know? exactly. Oh, because no one can move that way. But again, check it out on YouTube. Troy James, uh, he's right up there. And we talked about Doug Jones, you know, from Hellboy, who played Abe Sapien. Yeah. And the in Pan's Labyrinth, uh, yes.
1: Oh man, in Pan's Labyrinth, and he did. He reminded me a lot of the Doug Jones character. How his body just does all of the acting, and it moves in such weird ways. Yeah, definitely really cool.
0: and yeah, we hope to see more of um, Tori James. If you're listening, at the hashtag Tori James, <laughs> we appreciate your work. And he's up there again, Doug Jones and Andy Circus, uh, with that m- motion capture and such. And so we mentioned uh, Hellboy. We mentioned um pan's labyrinth because again the he didn't direct but the producer you know is your boy Um, guillermo del toro yes and
1: uh (laughs) too shy to try it
0: yes i'm not gonna (laughs) i kind of butcher names sometimes
1: you could definitely see his hand in the movie we said this to each other before we we left the movie um i didn't realize scary stories was um, only pg-13 but then when rico had mentioned that afterwards i was like oh that makes sense they i um, i guess had to rein in a little bit of the creepy cuz it definitely wasn't as creepy as pan's labyrinth that absolutely there were parts of that were, that were just terrifying but you could see del toro's hand in a lot of it and um it was very well done yes
0: yeah, so and if you've seen the other movies he's done like the um the orphanage uh was a nope. great uh scary story and uh the devil's bone or devil's backbone um very haunting but um yeah, so you can see that his hand was in it as well. Uh, the story, you know, it was written in 1981. Uh, the author, who was it? It was uh, Alvin Schwartz. Uh, but this, the setting of the story is in 1968, um, which you said it gives a... Um,
1: I said it kind of had a, a Stranger Things vibe going on, mm-hmm. um, set before the cell phone era. Um, I could totally see it playing well to you know the older middle school high school crowd that's really digging stranger things right now it's that same level of creepy i would put it right on level with that um you know kids being the main characters and they even had the the little um hand radios to talk to each other like they do in stranger things so it really it had that same vibe and that same feel going on um that's really popular right now
0: yeah and uh it's good i liked it too because she mentioned the low tech you know nowadays you make a scary move with kids, you know, they're gonna be on their cell phone, uh, FaceTiming each other, taking pictures and videos, you know, documenting everything and you know, even when the kids had to do research.
1: Yeah, they were in in the library looking through the um the microfilm mm-hmm. and um looking through, you know, the registries of births and deaths and that was, yeah, just a cool cool touch.
0: Yeah. And again, we say it always has to be story driven. You know, you can have all the special effects, so Let's talk about some of the actors as well. You know, you had, I think, a strong cast. Um, You know, you had... um,
1: Yeah, I didn't know any... I knew one of these kids, but most of the main characters I don't recognize from other things. I recognize the character that played Augie, Gabriel Rush. Um, He was in Moonrise Kingdom and Grand Budapest Hotel. He's got a very dry delivery. So it was cool to see him in kind of a different role and a little more grown up. Um, But the rest of the kids, I hadn't heard of before.
0: Now, you have have the main four protagonists um, made up of three, I guess you could say that they were childhood friends. Um, The character's name was Stella. Uh, You have Augie, who she mentioned was uh, Gabriel Rush. Stella is played by Zoe Coletti. And then you had Chuck, who is Austin. I might say his last name wrong. Zajora.
1: That's how I would say it. Yeah.
0: Uh, so it starts with those three kids who are just really um, starting... The movie opens up on Halloween night or Halloween Eve, and they go out there and doing some pricks and everything, and through circumstances, they run into uh, the movie's uh, human antagonist, the the school bully. You know, every school seems to have this psychotic yes. bully who's <laughs> just... Have you've seen It, you know, you saw that bully, same thing. He's like, how is this person not already in jail or not already um uh, need a psychiatric help and that's played by uh Austin Abrams who was in um Walking Dead i wanna say season 4 uh with the prison he plays Tommy the um again the, the bully. bully who chases them and um where they meet uh those three kind of run into another um protagonist uh played by uh have it written down um, Michael Garza yes uh, Hispanic actor plays Ramon uh, Rodriguez uh, want not give anything more than that, but of course, through that friendship uh, immediate friendship, they go to this house, and the comedy ensues. you could say
1: <laughs> right
0: um, yeah. but uh, I think the character said um, who was who'd you more find yourself like each character is invested in you know that even the uh, oh then, um because you, when you watch horror movies, usually when you have things happen to characters, you really are detached from them. Because they do stupid things, mm-hmm. or they're cookie-cutter characters, no death, no story behind them. So you really don't care for them. You're more into, you know, oh, that, look how they died, that was awesome, or whatnot. But these, you know, I felt like each one I was concerned with, you know, when something yeah, bad was going to happen. Yeah, definitely. You didn't
1: want to see any of them get hurt. They really endeared themselves to you pretty quickly.
0: Yeah, even uh, Chuck had a sister... Uh, older sister name Ruth yes uh, that actress is Natalie Gonshorn I'm sorry again if we're butchering her name uh, but she's gonna, when you see her I'm not giving anything away she's going to play that typical high school maybe stuck up
1: popular
0: you know, girl but even her you know you when something happens to her you're very concerned with her um, so that was good to you know get invested in that um and you wanted to talk about the, um, the song, the opening? Oh, yeah.
1: yeah. I would... Um, it was cool. Stick around for the end during the credits. Lana Del Rey does a cover of Season of the Witch, and I always like her takes on um, different covers. She's got a voice very well suited to this mm-hmm. song, and um, I, I really enjoyed it. I was very excited when I heard that come on.
0: Mm-hmm. Again, we say that it's, uh, the characters take you on the journey. You feel... Um, very attached to them. You have more, um, Stella character. Stella's character has more of a, uh, story arc than the rest of them. Definitely. You know? Yeah, you, you, there's something that happened in her past and it's brought up throughout the movie. And, um, makes you wonder throughout. Um, I wish that the other character, uh, Ramon, because he had an interesting story too. But he they did. didn't really open that one up too much.
1: They did the, um... The way they ended this movie made it seem like there's a possibility for a sequel. So maybe we'll get more of his character.
0: Which, you know, again, that's just the way it is. Uh, It's so dominant. But uh, so we're going to close out because we're going to try to streamline also because maybe those podcast listeners are commuting to work and you don't have that time to listen to us to ramble for, you know, 30, (laughs) 40 minutes. So hopefully maybe this shortened version will help you guys out. Uh, Liz, before we close off, a. Go see in the theaters. What do you think? Must watch or?
1: Um, I think just to get the full um, effect of all the special effects, and and I think yes, I think scary movies are good to see in the theaters. Maybe not like opening weekend. I think you could you know put it lower on your list, but um, yeah, I would go see it in the theaters.
0: Yeah, uh, I had no problem either uh, watching it today. We did see a matinee, and so um, I think it's hard now to. What's getting lost in the shuffle are the smaller movies or, you know, Disney's dominating, and that's for another podcast. But, uh, (laughs) yeah, we decided to go see this, and um, it was quite enjoyable to us. And, again, if you have some time, you want to go see matinee? um, Is it worth, like, you know, uh, night and all that kind of stuff? Again, you know, it just depends. Again, we said in the beginning, if you're looking for something that's – Demonic or horrifying on the level of the conjuring or the nun. Um,
1: Yeah, this isn't that. Yeah,
0: when it comes to scenes that are like very disturbing, uh, you might walk away and say this is like horror light. But um, again, I think this is a good entry into the um, uh, horror arena, and uh, hopefully we'll see some more. All right. Good. All right. Well, hopefully you enjoyed our podcast. You can follow us on Instagram at top that films also we're on the twit the
1: (laughs) The
0: tweet the tweet (laughs) the twitter the young kids call it Uh, that is called no country for pop culture um if you follow us on those, let us know if there's anything else you want us to uh talk about we're gearing up for season three also of the good place she introduced me the first two seasons and i know it's already on but you know i gotta catch up for season four but we'll be I'll be talking about that as well.
1: Hopefully it'll be on very soon. I can't wait. Yes.
0: Hope you have a good week. Thank you for listening. And we will see you on the flip side. And I got to work on a new cover uh, ending. (laughs) I just made that part up. Well, I'll work on that too. All right. See you, nerds.